You're listening to the See the Upside podcast, where we talk about overcoming obstacles, choosing positivity, and doing life a little better every day. I'm your podcast host, Nina Bleicher. On the show, we share real stories and speak with industry experts about how to expand and grow through difficult change. We don't always get to choose the challenges that show up in our life, but we do get to decide how we view them. In those hard moments, there are always beautiful invitations. That's what See the Upside podcast is all about. Navigating the hard moments, but then finding the opportunity to heal, grow, and connect. I'm so grateful you're here and can't wait to share these conversations with you. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Today we have Crystal Aram on the show. I'm so excited to have her here because Crystal is a dating expert, one of my favorite topics to get into. She specializes in really helping women step into their power. So we're talking about healing from old relationships, discovering the best version of ourselves, and manifesting real love, which of course we all want in our lives. Crystal herself has been through all the trials and tribulations of dating and breaking up. She really knows and is so good at describing the frustration and heartbreak of dating and really just things not working out as we envisioned. Through Crystal's own journey, she learned how to finally put herself first, which ended up manifesting the love of her life. And we're going to hear all about that story, which is so amazing. And I can't wait to hear it. Super inspiring. Really, it's about becoming magnetic. And that's what Crystal really did is she stepped into this awesome version of herself, which allowed her to call in love. And she's now married and has a daughter And of course, really connected to and found herself along the way. So now she works with other women and teaches them how to do the same. I connected with her actually through Instagram. I was so drawn to Crystal's really just honest, down-to-earth, authentic interpretation of the frustrations of dating. And she really lovingly but honestly calls us out as readers on Instagram, the things that we shouldn't be doing and that we know we're doing and ways that just aren't effective and ways to really step into the best version of ourselves and find the love that we want. So welcome, Crystal. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. My love language is words of affirmation. So I, I'm very, uh, I'm touched hearing your like loving description. That was so nice. So I have a wonderful daughter. She'll be two next month. And I had a baby boy three months ago. Also. Oh, so I didn't realize that you have two <laughs> yeah. kids. Congratulations. And you look amazing. You. you don't look like you just oh, had a you. baby. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. 
Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's start by talking a little bit about your story. We're backing up quite a few years here because now we've got a whole family in the scene. But at one point, you were single and dating and, you know, struggling a little bit with finding the right person and navigating all the things. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So if we take a little journey into the past back to about 2015 and I was living in LA, I was working as an attorney and I like probably a lot of your listeners, a lot of the women that I work with had, you know, quote, everything going for me. Like I had a great job. I had a great apartment. I had friends that I loved. Like I really had an amazing life in a lot of ways, but I really wanted a loving, lasting relationship. Like I wanted my person. I wanted that person that I could build a life with. I wanted to get married and I wanted to start a family. And my love life was just so far away from that vision. I just felt like I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I kept seeing like my closest friends getting married. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, why is it that this is so hard for me? In 2015, I started dating, you know, one guy and a string of guys, but I started dating this guy that I just really liked. And I really wanted it to be different. I felt like it was different. I was just like, oh, is this it finally? And I went over to see him one Sunday afternoon and we were like having a meal together and he broke up with me in a way that just felt so unceremonious out of the blue, I was just, I was blindsided. And I remember leaving his apartment. And as I was driving home, I like, I had to pull over to the side of the road. Cause you know, it's like my eyes were watering up. I could hardly see straight. Like the lights of the cars were making everything blurred. And I was just like, why does this keep happening? And I'm just crying. And I'm just like, I don't understand why this keeps happening. I'm so frustrated. Why won't he just let me love him? Like, why do these guys like resist love? Like, I am such a great catch. Or like, maybe I'm not. Maybe it is me. Like, I'm just having all of these thoughts. I'm just sort of like spiraling and going in circles. And then I was just like, okay, you have to stop. It felt like a voice almost outside of me because it was just like, you have to stop. Okay. Like, stop what? And it was just like, you have to stop. Like you're the common denominator in all this. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I am the common denominator in all this. And it was like such an interesting moment because I had never thought of it that way where I was like, I'm the common denominator. Like it's always me because I think a part of me had been thinking and feeling like like, I'm always meeting these emotionally unavailable men. Like it's the guys, like it's them. They don't want relationships. Like all I want to do is love someone. Like, why won't he let me love him? Like that was a kind of like the thought I often had as my relationships were ending. And so it was like this shift made me realize like, I'm not taking any responsibility at all. When I was willing to take responsibility, it was really painful and really uncomfortable because I was like, well, why am I doing this to myself? But also when I decided I could take responsibility, well, that means I can actually do something different, right? Like I can actually change things. And I took what I think of now as like a dating detox. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And so 
I stopped dating, you know, and it's like, of course, as soon as you decide to stop dating, men are coming out of the woodwork, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but I was like, I have to do something different. Like something needs to shift. And so I stopped dating and I really, really turned inward. And I had gone to therapy and I had done coaching and I'd been reading books. I shifted my energy in it where I was like, I am going to get this. Like, I am really going to make sure that this clicks. Like, understanding myself, understanding my own patterns, understanding why it is that every single guy is basically the same guy with a different face. And that's what I did. And I spent like the next five, six months really just focusing on myself. And I had a total like breakover, right? Like I felt like a different person. I just really shifted from the inside. And, you know, it it showed up on the outside. I took care of myself in a way that I hadn't been before, but it was really like the way that I felt about myself was very different. And going into the next year, I declared it the year of the man. And I said, I am manifesting my husband this year. And that was it. It was just a decision. And I'm a Taurus. I'm a Virgo moon. I do not generally like change. And so I said to myself, I was like, I am going to learn to love change. Because if you go from single and like being single your whole life, and then all of a sudden in relationship, like that's a big change. And so I was just like, I'm going to follow my intuition. Like I am going to tune into my intuition. I am going to follow it. And this is going to happen for me. So this was going into the new year. Around February, I got this intuitive nudge that was like, you have to move to New York. And I was like, well, I don't want to move to New York. My intuition kept telling me like, you have to go to New York. You have to go to New York. I was not anti going to New York, but I was quite happy in LA. Like I felt pretty comfortable and good there. So this intuitive nudge wasn't like the clearest thing for me. It wasn't necessarily something that I was trying to listen to. But then it was like, when I went back to my intention and my decision, I was like, okay, I need to follow this. So I moved to New York. I got to New York in May and I could feel that there was a big shift. It was like, all of a sudden there were guys everywhere in like a totally different way. Like every guy that I met was like wild about me. I felt like I had a date every night of the week if I wanted. It was just a very different vibe and energy. In August of that year, at the very, very end of the month, I met a really great guy very cute, very kind, very fun. And that person is now my husband. So I was dating quite a few other people when I met him. I wasn't convinced that he was the one mostly for logistical reasons. And I really got to sort of put everything that I had been working on into practice. You know, I was someone who could have been categorized as like anxiously attached, right? So like usually when I met someone that I liked, I was very anxious about it, you know, and I I feel like I was dealing with what a lot of people deal with, which is sort of like feeling like Goldilocks in my love life a bit. This one really likes me and I don't like him that much. This one I'm crazy about and he's sort of meh about me. You know, this one's, you know, works too much and this one's too short and on and on and on. I was just like, where's the match? Like, where's that person where it's just like, we both like each other. We have like similar vision. We have similar values. My husband, he seemed to really know that I was the one right away. And it really created this amazing dynamic because it allowed me for once to actually just enjoy being pursued. And I got to wait until I felt like he was really investing in me. He was really stepping up for me. He was really showing that 
he was serious and committed to me. He flew me halfway across the world to meet his family. And, you know, we were engaged after a couple of months and then married a few months after that. And, you know, now here we are, two babies. And I've been for the last few years helping other women also really turn their love lives around. It was something that was so important to me and so significant to me and something that I, it not only did I struggle with, but it was something that had caused me so much pain. And so once it clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, I actually know how to just call in amazing men. And it's not that hard. Like once it clicked, I was like, I'm going to help other women do that. So I've been doing that for the past several years. And just this year in 2022, I've averaged two engagements or weddings per month. So, oh my gosh, that's a great <laughs> track record. I love that. It's been pretty amazing to sort of see how it's unfolded because yeah, I had my second baby in August and I have, I'm not a great pregnant woman. <laughs> so I really <gasps> No. Wrong. Oh my gosh. I love being I pregnant. Just have, oh my, I, I envy you and I do not understand. <laughs> I just had really b- bad pregnancy sickness for the whole pregnancy. Um, yeah, that's hard. So it, it's it's been really amazing to sort of see how having my work out there, you know, it's like the results are happening even when I'm not a hundred, right? Like <laughs> the way that I coach and teach on this, like the methods work even if I'm not feeling high vibe all the time. So that's been pretty incredible to sort of watch as the 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 results of all of the women that I've worked with have really been rolling in. Well, I think the key is that you lived this, you figured this out, you knew it, you went through the frustration and the the questions we ask ourselves and you created and found and implemented the shift and have a beautiful, you know, happy ending to share with everybody. I mean, it's just amazing. I love that. Thank you. Yes, it's so good. But I do love your posts. I think there's so many profound lessons that come out of that. And I was pulling up your account while we're sitting here. And some of the things that you say, they're really simple, but they're really important in embodying in dating. Like, here's one that I love. You cannot get the best love available for you by asking for as little as possible. And Mm. I think so many of us as women do that, we make ourselves little and want to make ourselves easy to choose by not asking for so much, but that's actually counterproductive and creating a balanced, healthy dynamic in a relationship that's sustainable. And I think it also Mm. sabotages our value in the chase a little bit, wouldn't you say? Totally. Totally. It, it Not only that, but okay. So it's like, there's a couple of different like archetypes, right? So some women, they are pleasers and they work very hard to sort of make themselves small because like, that's what they felt like they needed to do to get love and attention. Yeah. But when you're trying to basically make yourself as little trouble as possible, it's going to be much harder for you to get what you actually want, right? Like that's trying to fit into what someone else wants in such a way that like, almost like you're not even a consideration. 
right? So it's like, that's one approach that women take. The other thing that I see, a lot of the women that I work with are very high maintenance, right? Like they're very (laughs) high maintenance. They want a lot and they think I'm not going to be able to get someone if I'm actually high maintenance. So I'm going to pretend that I'm not high maintenance and maybe that's what will get someone. You know, it's like in Friends, there was this conversation that Monica and Chandler had one time when Monica's like, I'm not high maintenance. And Chandler's like, well, you are, but I'm happy to maintain you. And I was like, oh, I love that. It's so good. And like, that's so true. It's not about getting rid of all your needs or being like as small as possible. It's just about being real and finding someone who wants that. The same way that there are men who would only ever consider buying the most reliable car that they could find, you know, and are like, I would never buy anything other than a Honda. There are some men who are like, I only want the most high maintenance car available. Now I'm not comparing women to cars. We're not cars, but it's the same sort of thing. (laughs) But it's a good analogy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like some people, they want someone who's really easy and laid back. And if that's who you really are, then there's someone where that will be perfect. Right. And there's some people where it's like, they're happy to find a woman who's demanding or who's high maintenance or, or whatever. So it's not about being one way or the other, that one way is better than another. It's just about like, what's true for you, what's real for you and allowing that to actually show up as you're dating so that you can find someone who's a match for that. Like someone where it's like, no, he actually likes the person that you are, not this manufactured version of you that you tried to be for a while to like catch a guy because that's what you think they all want. Well, and I think that guys can sense when you're not being authentic, it comes across as something's off. They may not know what it is, but they can just tell that this person isn't being their authentic self. And then, so it's kind of self-sabotaging in that way anyway, I think. A hundred percent. So either they're intuitive and they can feel like something's off or they don't realize something's off. They fall for the fake version of you. And then when the jig is up, they're like, what's going on? Who are you? This is not what I expected. And the relationship falls apart either way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's so hard. Well, there are a lot of layers. I want to peel back here. Why do you think we do this as women? Because I don't think men really do this in that same way where they're people pleasing and trying to be chosen in that way. They're much, you know, they've got their own challenges in dating, but why do we as women do that? You think? I do think that some men do it. I don't think it's probably it's definitely not as common as it is with women, but there definitely are men that do it. And most women are probably very turned off by that. But I think it's the same reason that we do most things in relationships. We think it's going to get us what we want. The thing is, when we're thinking about relationships, it's like women, we can control access to sex, right? Like we are the ones who have the power over that. Men control access to relationships. Mm. So it's sort of a logical in a way idea that like, okay, well, I have to do what he wants to get the relationship, but that's not really how men choose. Most men, not all, but most men aren't just choosing the woman who's the most pleasing or subservient towards him. 
men are usually choosing the woman that they feel the most inspired by, that they feel the most inspired by her energy. When they feel like I'm winning by choosing this woman, right? When they feel like I have fun with her, like I like the way I feel with her, right? Like, you know, I I, I know women, we often think that like men don't have feelings, but they totally have feelings. And when you think about the way that they choose women, a lot of it is based on feelings. Now, the thing that I think is interesting is that men often have sort of a framework where they won't even give themselves the opportunity to fall in love with a woman who doesn't fit within their framework, like within their idea of what a wife needs to be, for example, Mm -hmm. or a girlfriend. This is why a guy can date you or he can sleep with you. And he sort of knows from the beginning, like she's not the one, but like, I'm happy to just sort of enjoy, you know, a beautiful, fun, nice woman, but she doesn't fit into what I'm imagining for myself. Whereas women have a lot more flexibility with that. Someone might not fit exactly what we think we want to need, but then if we meet him and we're like, oh, wow, this actually seems to be what I want. We'll change our mind about it. Guys don't do that as much. If they say like, I want to marry this type of woman, then they can spend a lot of time with all sorts of different types, but they limit their feelings within like the framework that they already have laid out. Does that make sense? It's like this interesting sort of paradox. Yes. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a dance of creating the dynamic of inspiring and opening someone up to their feelings and making them feel safe, but also there's a chasing factor involved too, that I think is important. It's part of men like a challenge and, you know, it can be hard for women because I think we like to serve. We like to be open. We like to show up. We like to create access and it's how do we kind of empower ourselves and stay in our worth, but also stay true to who we are, you know, that can be a difficult thing to, to find. And I think it's what you did on your journey, which is focusing on yourself and your own needs, stepping out of what does this guy want? How can I be chosen and back up a little bit and think, do I even like this guy? How does he fit yes. into my life? Does he have the qualities that I want? And that brings me to another topic that I really think is crucial. And I would love to get your take on, which is chemistry, because I think if the chemistry is too strong, that can really cause us to override all of our core values and our characteristics that we're looking for in a partner because we're so attracted to them. And then we also fall out of our ability to be authentic. What's your take on that? Chemistry is such an interesting topic. (laughs) So you have to divide up the chemistry conversation because there's some people where they say, chemistry is so important to me. I will not have a relationship if I don't have crazy chemistry. To me, if someone says that, I say, okay, great. Tell me about the kinds of people that you have amazing chemistry with. Are these the kind of people that adore you and cherish you and show up for you? If so, then great. You can have incredible, high, amazing chemistry with someone, right? Like, And there are people like that where it's like they can have 10 out of 10 chemistry with people that absolutely adore them. 
Okay. So that's one type and that's awesome. (laughs) The type that most of the women that I encounter, they do not have the 10 out of 10 chemistry with the people who show up for them and cherish them and treat them super well and are kind to them and want to be with them. Right. And the reason is because there's something in their love blueprint that makes them feel wildly attracted to people who aren't as wildly attracted to them or who maybe are wildly attracted to them sexually, but aren't wildly attracted to them emotionally or don't want to show up to them, show up for them emotionally. So for me, for example, When I was dating, I felt 10 out of 10 chemistry with people who were emotionally unavailable because my love blueprint told me that love is inconsistent. Love is not reliable. Love is chaotic because I experienced some dysfunction in my childhood where it's like that became my model. That became my love blueprint. And so when I met people who were very kind to me, who were very consistent with me, who absolutely adored me, who treated me well, I was like, "Mm, he's a little boring, right? Like I just felt like they were a little boring. I did not feel crazy chemistry. And the thing that was very interesting was that almost wasn't a matter of like the physical, right? Because some of the guys that really liked me were beautiful men absolutely gorgeous, very good looking. And we know chemistry isn't just about looks. It's that energy where you're just like, oh, I want this person, right? (laughs) And if I had described it at the time, I would have said, no, it's not about looks. It's emotional. It's about his intelligence. Like that was the thing for me. I felt like these guys, they were just super smart. Now I realize it wasn't just their intelligence. They also happened to be intelligent. It was that my neuroses were matching up with their neuroses in a way that felt very familiar. And it wasn't familiar in a good way. It was familiar because it was something I'd experienced before. And that's the thing with like our subconscious and with familiarity is like, it doesn't care what's good for you per se. It doesn't care what you consciously want. So I had to reprogram myself. If I had met my husband when I was 21, 23, probably 25, I would not have been emotionally attracted to him. I probably would have looked at him and been like, oh, he's cute. I like his beard. I like his build. All the things that I did find attractive about him. But he was securely attached for one, where I was used to avoidance. And he was consistent. He showed up for me. He never made me guess. And so when I was younger, I would have just been like, he's born. By the time I had gone through my dating detox and it was the year of the man, I had reprogrammed myself to be attracted to someone who was securely attached and who was invested in me. And so, you know, it's like as frustrating as it was when I was dating and I couldn't figure out how to create the relationship I wanted, it makes perfect sense because like I couldn't have kept him if I had met him before I had really done that deeper healing and really that level of subconscious reprogramming to change the sort of man that I was attracted to. So we have chemistry and I was able to really shift the level of chemistry, but that like 10 out of 10 losing my mind chemistry, I don't have that with him because 
he doesn't make me crazy. <laughs> right? Like he doesn't yeah. make me crazy. Well, and I think you mentioned that in some of your posts and some of your writing that I love, which is if he doesn't want to be with you, he's not the one for you. And you talk about mm. your soulmate didn't dump you. A soulmate yeah. doesn't dump you. And I think that's yes. where all of us as women really need to be honest with ourselves when we're going through a breakup or when we're dating in general is it's supposed to be easy in a lot of ways. 100%. Like you shouldn't wonder where you stand in a healthy relationship. And when we're in an unhealthy dynamic though, we make excuses for that person and we see what we want to see because we're stuck in that loop, that dynamic that you're talking about that many people may know that as anxious attachment or avoidant attachment, you know, that's similar to that relationship blueprint that you're talking about, you know, where we think about, did we say the right thing or, oh, did that text come across as weird in the right, healthy relationship? You won't have to worry about that. And you shouldn't have to, that should be a prerequisite that yeah. it feels comfortable. It feels safe. It feels open and free mm -hmm. and honest where you can have the clear, open conversations about where are we headed? What are we doing? How are you feeling? Where are you at? And it doesn't mean yeah. you don't have obstacles or things that you need to work through or milestones in your relationship, but when you have those questions constantly and it's a constant simmering of stress, I think that's a, that's a red flag and it's a big no in a relationship. A hundred percent. I think it's very easy to like overlook it because if you're in a dynamic where you do have that crazy chemistry, you're not one of the people that has crazy chemistry in healthy relationships, right? Like this is only for the people where it's like, you only have that crazy chemistry when there's like that push pull dynamic. Yeah. Right. And it's like, when you're chasing after someone continuously, you don't even have the opportunity to consider like, do I like this person? Right. Because all of your energy and your mind is always on like, how can I get him? How can I get him to like me? How can I get him to call? Is he returning? What did I do wrong? Is he going to circle back? Right. Like we get obsessive and we're not even thinking like, what kind of character does this man have? Yes. How did he right. show up for me? What happens in the in-between? Yeah. This is what I hear a lot from women. They say, you don't understand though, because when we're together, it mm. is just magic. He's so present and it feels so good. And when we sleep together, oh my God, I just, I can't tell you, it is so good. And I'm like, that's because that's the only time he's giving you focused attention, right? Like, if you can't get him to call back or you're chasing him or he's saying, oh, I'll let you know if we're going to see each other. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll get back to you, right? And sort of stringing you along. Of course, when he turns towards you for any amount of time, that's going to feel good. Yeah. And women interpret that to mean like, oh, we're meant to be together. We're twin flames. You know, he's my soulmate. <laughs> and I get it. When it feels like a deep connection, right? And again, it's like, that's because he's familiar. That's that subconscious programming, that love blueprint. It does not mean that you've spent 15 lifetimes together and that he's the one for you. You know, it's like, I say this because I 
talk to and work with a lot of brilliant, incredibly successful, amazing women. And they'll get into these relationships and they're like, I feel like I'm going crazy. I am just acting in a way that's like so not aligned with who I really am. Right? Like I would be embarrassed if my friends knew how much I was obsessing about this person. Like I why does that doing... happen? Why do we do that? Why do why do women because do that? The, the chemistry that we're experiencing, it's actually working in our brains. Like it, it affects our brain chemistry. Yeah, and it's like someone... cocaine, isn't it? It's like the same, it's... yeah. Hormone. Actually, and it creates sort of an addiction because in the same way that like mm. when someone develops a gambling addiction, it's because you don't know when you're going to get the win, right? Like if you knew every third time I would win, it wouldn't be as addictive. It's because it's unpredictable. And so it's the same thing that happens. It's like that behavioral addiction. Um, When you're dealing with someone where you don't know when is he going to show up for me versus when is he not, right? So it's like, you could go 10 days where he's sort of dismissing you and not really showing up. And then you have one date and it's like, oh my God, it was so magical. So it's like, you want to get that hit again. You're like, it felt so good. I'm willing to sort of suffer through the, the avoidant behaviors or the disappearing act or whatever it is to get back to that point when it felt so good because it did feel so good. And it it feels like if I could just get him to fully turn towards me, if I could get him to finally change his mind and show up for me in the way that I really want him to, everything that I've ever been through related to love could be healed. Now, you're not thinking that consciously. That's the subconscious belief. That's what we're subconsciously holding on to. Like, this will make up for the time that, you know, my dad promised me he was going to come to my volleyball game and I was looking for him in the stands the whole time and he didn't show up. Or this is going to make up for the time when my mom was coming home late for work and I was so excited to see her and I sat on the steps waiting. And then when she got home, you know, I scared her and she yelled at me and said, why are you up instead of giving me the hug that I was wanting, right? Like we're hoping to heal some deeper wound through this relationship. But relationships are healing, right? Like you can experience a lot of healing through your relationships, but often it's not going to be through that relationship that is repeating the pattern. That's repeating the pattern. And you have to heal enough that you can up-level the type of person you're calling in, that you can up-level the type of relationship. And then those are the relationships that allow for really significant healing sort of in and of themselves, if that makes sense. So do you do that within your program then? That's part of the program is to reprogram some of that old story stuff. That is the main. (laughs) And it's like, I don't even like saying it out loud because that's not so sexy, right? Like (laughs) subconscious reprogramming, like that's not like the sexy sounding part, but like that is the big work, you know, and yeah. A lot of the women that I work with, you know, my, one of the things that I say is talking about being like engaged in a year. I went from single to married in 10 months. Sometimes when women hear that, they're like, that's not possible, or that could never happen for me. Or why is it such a rush? Right. And you know, what I always say is like, it's not a rush. Some of the women I work with, they're like, I don't even want to get married. I don't know if I want to have children. That's fine. Also, I work with a lot of women who are divorced. They're like, I don't ever want to get married again fine. We can still create that amazing relationship for you. The point is not a rush to go from single to married. The point is that when you're in a relationship 
where the relationship dynamic is easy, things can unfold really quickly and easily and naturally. And the thing that I always tell my clients, (laughs) right? It does sound good, doesn't it? The thing that I always tell my clients is that like, if you're going to move fast, there can be no red flags, like zero red flags. And that doesn't mean you have to dismiss someone the second he does something you don't approve of. But what it does mean is that you have to stay very aware and you have to use Mm. dating for its actual purpose, which is, of course, having fun, but also vetting. Meaning when you gather information from a man, you observe something or he says something or he does something, you have to actually take that information and use it, right? Like a lot of women are like, well, I saw some red flags at the beginning, but I kind of hoped it would change or like, I didn't know it was such a big deal. And I'm like, those aren't red flags. Those are fire flags. And you're waving them around like it's not (laughs) a big deal. Like treat the red flags like actual red flags, right? And use the period of dating to, to use that information to actually properly vet someone and keep dating other people until it's clear that there have been no red flags with this person, that I can see a future with this person. Until my husband said to me, I want to be in a committed relationship with you. And I said, well, what does that mean to you? What does a committed relationship look like? What are you hoping for this relationship? Like ideally, what would be the outcome you want? Right. And making sure we were actually on the same page up until that point. If a guy said to me, I want you to be my girlfriend, I'd be like, oh my God, yes. Yay. You know, it's like, I was so eager mm. instead yeah. of being like, well, what does that mean to you? Does that mean that we're going to see each other once a week, three times a week? Does that mean that you're hoping that we'll get married at some point? Are you, are you hoping that we'll date for the next three years? You know, like actually having, having the, conversation, the conversation. Yes. Right? I like love that. Sure yeah. So most of the most of the work that I do is the reprogramming. The reprogramming mm. so that you're attracting and attracted to high quality marriage-minded men. Mm-hmm. So that you can really quickly get into an amazing relationship, create a healthy dynamic within that relationship, and then not sabotaging it. Because the other thing that I see that's very interesting is a lot of the women that I work with they end up with these amazing guys. And they're like, Crystal, I manifested the most amazing guy. Like, this is too good to be true. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's too good to be true. We're going to chill out and we're going to see. And it's like, it's not too good to be true. They're just so used to relationships being hard, to relationships being struggled that they're like, where's the drama, right? Like, where's the chaos? When are things going to change? And then they start stuff. And I'm like, don't you start problems, right? Like you finally got this amazing (laughs) guy. Oh no, yeah. Um, And it's really funny because a lot of times I work with women in groups. Um, You know, I like like doing the masterminds and the group programs because you get to see your own patterns in another woman. Oh, it's so reassuring. Yeah, that we're not crazy or alone or yeah. You're not Mm -hmm. crazy. You're not alone. And you get the feedback from other people. So like in the last round that I did, there was this, you know, wonderful woman that was in the program and she called in this amazing, amazing guy, like everything that she could have wanted. And she would talk about him once she was in the relationship. And it's like, even when you're in a happy relationship, 
attempts to sabotage may come up. And that doesn't mean that the relationship is doomed. Sometimes it means it's not the right relationship, but sometimes it just means that you have to adjust to a new normal, right? Like you have to adjust. You have to shift your identity to being a woman who's in a healthy relationship. And she would sometimes look for things that were wrong. And the other women were in the program were like, if you dump him, I'm going for him because this guy <laughs> is a dream. I <laughs> so love like, that. Break up with him. We all want him, you know. Yes, that's so and like cute. that happens all the time. It's it's the best because they get to be like, you're being crazy. Like yes. this guy is amazing, and like Aww. sort of reel you back in because the fear still comes up, right? Like, yeah. And this is another thing that I tell my clients because sometimes I work with women and they're like well, I kind of want to work with you, but maybe I should work with a matchmaker first. And like for the women that I work with, these are usually very high-end matchmakers. You know, we're talking 10, 15, $25,000 that they would spend with a matchmaker. And I totally get the reason that a woman might want to turn to a high-end matchmaker. And I have nothing against matchmakers, but I'm like, the reason that you were single in 97% of the cases that I see is not purely because you haven't met people, right? Like you haven't met people because you're not an energetic match yet because your subconscious Mm -hmm. reprogramming isn't there yet. So I'm like, hire the matchmaker, but hire me first, right? Like work with me first, but also you're not going to need the matchmaker then because you're going to be meeting these incredible high quality men just as you go through your life. And I actually had a client that I worked with. She was getting ready to hire a matchmaker right when we were starting to work together. And she's like, I don't, I don't need her. Like men are falling out of the sky. Like I I didn't think it was possible. I did not think that these kind of men were in my world. And it's like the men are the men, right? Like the same men that are on the dating apps that are in a matchmaker's database are the same men that are at the gym, that are going to restaurants, that are in the grocery store, right? Like I think women sometimes get in their head like, no, the guys on apps are like this. No, the guys here are like this, right? Like I want... Um, a successful guy. I want an ambitious guy. I want a family man. And like, they think that there's like separate pools. And I'm like, it's not really separate pools. Like there's some places you might be more likely to meet them, but regardless, meeting them is not going to help you if you're not a match, right? Like if he's not going to be attracted to you or you're not going to be attracted to him because your programming is still off, you can see I'm passionate about this. I'm getting all worked up now. Yes. Um, then it. It, it, it's like the meeting then doesn't matter. You could, right? So. Yes. Well, and that's <laughs> your advice. I know because I've listened to your free course that you offer that your advice is you should be on the dating apps if you're open to it, if you're comfortable with it, because it's just another avenue to connect with and meet people. And I think it's a great place to practice, you know, to practice your boundary setting to practice what you were talking about earlier, where you're dating and having fun, but you're also vetting, trying to figure out who meets your requirements. And I think a key part of that, that we haven't really talked about yet, but you talk about in your free course is getting clear about what it is that's important to you and that you want in a relationship and being sure that you stick to that and you don't let that really cute guy who's charismatic, but doesn't meet half of what you're looking for override that. Because when you know what you want and you come in very strong in that foundation, then 
you're going to avoid a lot of heartbreak and hassle down the road, I think. Totally. So I always say, you know, it's a very popular thing for people to say dating is a numbers game. In my opinion, dating is not a numbers game. Dating is a sifting game. And Mm, when you can get better at sifting on a practical level and on an energetic level, that's when you start meeting higher and higher quality men. And you just get to choose from a pool of great men. Yeah. And it's not just, what do I want? It's what do I want? And you get to have your preferences, but like, what do I need? And what is going to allow me to have a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, right? A lot of times women are choosing based on who would be the best date, right? Like who's Mm, super sexy. That's really good. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the best partner, right? It is not necessarily the best partner. Sometimes it's the best partner, but it's like, the things that matter on a date are not a hundred percent overlap, right? Like in a lasting relationship, you want to have someone you have fun with, someone that you're super attracted to, someone that just like day-to-day life is great with. But you also want someone who's really kind and who's really trustworthy and who's invested in you. You know, it's like, I thought about it a lot because I've had since 2020, we're in 2022 right now, I've had two pregnancies, right? Through the pandemic. And I was very sick during both of my pregnancies. Like most of the day on the floor, in the bathroom, nauseous or vomiting. And it was really very challenging physically for me. I've, you know, thank God always had pretty good health. I've never had this period of just an extended period where I was pretty sick. And also just emotionally, right? Like no one's going to feel good when they're on the floor half the day. And the way that my husband showed up for me and took care of me and loved me and supported me through that was just really amazing. Based on what I knew about his character, it wasn't surprising that that's how he showed up for me, right? And it's like, when you go through life, there's so many things that are going to come up and that are hard. And to have someone who's a good person, right? Like, and you can be attracted to someone who's a good person. Like you can think the person who's good is also sexy and have that passion. But what I see a lot of women is they, they'll sacrifice that good person for the sexiness or for the chemistry. And it's like, when I'm, breastfeeding my baby in the middle of the night and he's willing to wake up to burp the baby and make sure the baby goes back to bed. Like that's what matters to me at this phase in life, right? Like that he is willing to do those things. Like when he is willing to get our daughter up in the morning and get her off to daycare so that I can sleep in. Those are the things that really make a lot of difference right now. We'll get back to the point where it's like, I'm just focused on traveling and having fun connecting with him. But it's like, we're in a season of life where we're dealing with small children and it's like different things matter. And the character that he has, the character traits that he have translate well in the different seasons of life. And if you're just focusing on the guy that's the most sexy and the most charismatic and the most flashy, that may not translate. And so it's really worth considering, like, what do I want for my life? Like, am I hoping to be with someone in 30 years? Am I hoping to be with someone 
that I'm going to grow old with? And is this the kind of person that's going to do that? That's going to be around for that, that also wants that. Yeah. I think one of the ways to, to realize that when you're dating someone, because that can be kind of a hard thing to see when you're in a relationship, meaning like, how's this person going to be? How are they going to show up? What are their values? I think a lot of it comes down to our intuition and how we feel with that person. Are we the best version of ourselves when we're with that person? I think that speaks very strongly to what they bring out in us and how they will show up for us through all the seasons. You know, do you feel safe? Do you feel heard? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel lifted up? Do you feel like they support you and they bring out the best in you? Because those dynamics where there's like strong chemistry and you know, the charismatic person that doesn't always bring out the best version of us as women. I think, you know, I mean, it can be fun and it can be dynamic, but is that really the best version of you, especially if they're inconsistent, if they're not reliable, if they aren't showing up, then we start seeing these behaviors that, as you were saying, women who are very dynamic in their work lives and in their friendships and with their, you know, their families, where all of a sudden in a relationship, they're a different person because they're not getting their needs met. And you can't really make someone meet your needs. You can communicate them. Like sometimes it's not known what your needs are, but if you've communicated and that person still shows you that they aren't capable or aren't willing to show up, we have to be honest with ourselves and choose ourselves and realize that this isn't who I want to be in this life. I don't want to be this person that's in this dynamic, which goes back to all of that reconfiguring in our hearts and in our heads as we approach dating is knowing that about ourselves and being able to identify it and be honest, even if it hurts, because we can care deeply about someone who isn't able to show up for us. And that's actually brings me right into a topic that I was going to ask you about, which is how do we let go when we're in that dynamic and we have that heartache and pain of a breakup? What is your recommendation for moving on? And, you know, getting, getting through that period where we're grieving or, you know, parting ways with someone, because that can be hard. It can be very hard. So I think one of the things that is really worth doing, if you are grieving someone, having a hard time letting someone go, or even if you are just someone where it's like, you're pretty consistently attracted to people who aren't showing up for you. You want to recognize what you actually desire to feel in a relationship. And, you know, it's sometimes I don't even say like, I think sometimes we can think about how we feel about someone and we can put too much weight on it. We can think that my feelings about him should mean more than they actually do. Meaning like, if I feel really strongly about this person, he should feel the same way. Or like, if I feel so strongly about him, he must feel the same way. And that's a mistake. Our feelings are just our feelings. 
And the thing is, is sometimes when we're in dynamics that are not the healthiest, we have strong feelings and we're not recognizing that they're not always good feelings, right? Mm. Like you almost want to think about like, how do I actually want to feel when I'm in love with someone? How do I want to feel in my ideal relationship? So I will talk about this with my clients sometimes. And, you know, some of the words that I hear really repeatedly is like, I want to feel calm. I want to feel warmth. I want to feel peace. I want to feel joy. I want to feel expanded, right? Like these really good open feelings, right? And you can think about being with someone who makes you feel that. It was like, oh, that would feel so good if I was like, felt like I had a big chest and arms to like fall into. And I don't just mean like literally, like, yes, that physicality, but also just like to have that emotional feeling of like, oh, this person who can just hold me. So it's like thinking about what you actually want to experience in your ideal relationship. And then thinking about how do I actually feel about this person? And what I hear really commonly with women who are not in the best dynamics is, okay, well, if I really think about it, I feel a lot of like yearning or grasping. Mm. Like I just want him. Like I just, I want him. Like I want him to want me. And it's like, okay, well, what does that actually feel like? It feels kind of contracted and it feels a little bit graspy and a little edgy. And unsafe. Unsafe. Now, the problem is, is a lot of times if your love blueprint isn't aligned with what you want, the feelings of safety are a little bit mixed up, right? And it's like these people who maybe aren't safe are so familiar that you think that they are. It can be a little bit confusing. That was the case for me. Like I did not recognize unsafe people as unsafe. They were familiar to me. That felt totally safe and normal. So I had to think about like, what is it that I actually had to feel that I actually want to feel? And it's like, I could sort of alternate between those two energies and recognize like, there's a big distinction here. Like I'm saying that I'm in love with this person. I'm saying that I I want him and, and I do, I maybe do actually want him. I maybe do feel in love with him. But the majority of my relationship with him would be categorized by the sense of anxiety and of yearning more than a feeling of love and warmth and expansion. I think this awareness can be really powerful. It can be a really great way of starting to like let go and recognize the reality that's in front of you. Because when we're struggling with a breakup, when we're struggling to let go of someone, we usually have on rose-colored glasses. And it's like all of the BS that you went through with this person, you sort of start forgetting. And it's like, oh, but what about this? And oh, that one time he did this thing. And we're really idealizing and over-idealizing the relationship in the person. And so it's like almost taking some of the, the mental activity out of it and recognizing the energies and, and getting into the feelings because knowing isn't enough, right? Like sometimes we know this person isn't giving me what I want. I know this person doesn't want me the way that I want him. I know this isn't good for me. And we're like, if one of my friends was in this situation, I would be like, what are you doing? This person is not good for you. But it's like, knowing's not enough, right? Like we have to feel it. We have to, we have to feel it before we can actually do something different. Yeah. And it's, 
the post that I loved was when the man you manifested dumps you, it can only ever be in your favor. And you write this beautiful, just piece about Mm -hmm. the choices we have when a relationship doesn't work out basically. And number one, learning to accept that sometimes there's not closure that, you know, no matter how it ended, whether it was you or him or what the words were that were said, it kind of doesn't matter that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's getting to a point of acceptance and acknowledging the, the uncomfortable and the grief. But I also love that you recommend, you know, disengaging completely, don't text or call or any of that stuff, which I totally agree with 100%. Like, you know, what guy has ever been like, oh, you convinced me I'm coming back. Like, that doesn't really work. <laughs> we think that we, I mean, it's like, yeah. And we, well, we want try. them to like, know what try. they're missing, right? We want them to understand that they lost something, which of course they did. But if they broke up with you, they don't realize that, you know, we need to kind of get to acceptance with that. And if they do I mean, they realize it and they, they chose, right? Like we always say that, like, I want him to know what he's missing. He knows what he's missing and he's okay with it. Yeah. And is that and someone like, you really oh. want to be with? Yeah. It's hard. So I want to make a note about this post because this post I wrote for a client. She mm. had manifested a guy and I I could cry thinking about it because she was like, I manifested my person and she was so happy. She was so excited and he dumped her. And it's like, it makes me a little emotional because I resonate so much. Like he dumped her and she was devastated. And she was like, Crystal, that was my person. Like, I know that was my person. I know that he's the one I'm supposed to be with. And I wrote this post for her. And I was like, listen, if he's your person, you will be together. And if he's not your person, there is someone better. I promise you, but regardless, you have to let him go. And it was like, I really wrote it for her. (laughs) She got married in October. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I couldn't believe you at the time. Like I really couldn't. And even though I didn't believe it, I I stuck with the program essentially, right? Like I did the things that you said to do. And I, I took the teachings and I took the coaching and I actually continued to apply it. And she met this man who showed up for her was amazing yeah he's so so handsome and he's so tall and he has all of the superficial things that she wanted he has a great job and he's well off and he's Mm. you know he's he's yummy he's absolutely delicious but he adores her he just thinks that she is the best thing ever and they she went from single to engage in less than a year and they got married and she had her dream wedding (laughs) you know my clients they like make fun of me a little bit after we're done working together. Cause they're like, you were being such a bitch when I couldn't get over this guy. And like, I couldn't believe you, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I always know, like, and that's the thing is like, I always have such certainty that you can get what you want. Like yeah. I've yet to meet a woman where I'm like, I don't think you get love. Like, I, you know, I've met you. <laughs> You're you not you're lovable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. It just hasn't met yet. I am so yeah. certain that like, if you desire love, you can have it. So I just wanted to share that because it's like 
people say to me like, oh, your content resonates. I feel like you're talking to me. And I'm like, usually I'm talking to one of my clients. Like usually a specific yes. thing has happened that makes me feel like I need to address this. You know, it's like when she told me she was engaged, I was like, of course you are. Of course you are. Mm. Like it's always this or something better. Your soulmate didn't dump you. Yeah. And it's hard did, to see you'll get back together sometimes. Right. Yeah. You can't stop what's meant for you. And I think that's really important to, it kind of goes with the theme of everything we're talking about, which is a guy who wants to be with you will make it happen no matter how busy he is or complicated mm-hmm. his life is, or how far apart you live or all the challenges, they will do it. And Cause we do yep. the, it, we do the same thing too. I mean, we show up for them when it's someone that we are committed to and care deeply about. So we have to trust in that, that if they're not able or willing, that it's the universe telling us to let it go. And it allows them to either yep. come back to us or like you're saying something better will happen. And the end of this post, the part that I love the most is we get to take that opportunity as a transformation. We can either let it break us down and kind of, you know, dissolve and deep dive into the disappointment and, you know, the hurt and all of that, or we can come back to ourselves and realize that this is only bringing us closer to the magic of what we really want and deserve and taught us lessons of how to be the best, highest version of ourselves. We won't see that lesson typically, like when we're in the grief moment, it's, you know, we have to kind of work ourselves through that first, but then we come out on the other side and we're smarter, we're clearer, we're better, we're more sure, you know, but we have to, it does kind of bring you into a little bit of faith. You have to trust, you have to trust that it's coming, that it's Mm -hmm. possible that it's out there and it will come in time. It just can be difficult in that moment. But I love that we really do have that choice. We have that choice of, you know, getting a little stuck and staying connected to something that just isn't working or to, you know, keep moving forward and choose ourselves and realize that that person wasn't matching you and wasn't matching your energy for whatever reason. We have to trust that it was, you know, it just is how it's supposed to go, even if it's hard. So what you just said that I really agree with, and I really liked was you sort of mentioned like working through it, like And I think that's an important point also, because it's like, I talk about manifesting, right? Which can be very woo-woo and a little bit silly the way certain people approach it. I take a pretty grounded approach that I think a lot of people can sort of understand and implement and resonate. You do have to work through it. Like if you've been heartbroken, it's not about like bypassing yourself, right? Or being like, okay, well, I just need to get over it, right? It's like, what can you actually take from this? How can you process this so that you can actually move forward? Sometimes I think we get so eager to like move on immediately that we're like, okay, well, I should just get over it. I I need to just be over it. And we try to like hop into the next thing right away. I don't think you have to take like a billion years to heal from every, you know, everything, but I do think it makes sense to sort of actually take time to like process, not just try to bypass whatever grief you experience when a relationship ends or or, yeah. you know, whatever it is that you're going through. 
Yeah. Understanding the truth of what the relationship was and getting clear. What are the things you learned you would like to have in this next relationship? And how can you position yourselves and embody that energy to call that in? I mean, I'm all about manifesting and, you know, all of that. I believe in that, even though I'm a grounded Virgo, (laughs) I still love that. Well, I know we've been talking for quite a while. I love this conversation. (laughs) I could keep going for like another hour with you, but is there anything else like any, you know, last, if there's one thing people could take away about dating that you could provide, what would you tell them? Interesting. I feel like we covered so much ground. It's hard to say like, what's the one thing, Yeah. but I really do believe that if you feel a desire for a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, like you are not excluded. You absolutely can have that and you can create it deliberately. You get to start with yourself. If you were going to take full responsibility for your love life, maybe in a way that you haven't ever before, what would you do from there? Yeah. It's so good. Love that. Getting intentional, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. So two more quick questions before we go, what are you reading these days? Do you have any good books and they can be dating related or not? They could be anything, or do you even have time to read? You have two little babies. Maybe you don't. So I read some fiction. I recently was reading a book about not the last Tsarina of Russia, but one of the last ones. I love Um, books like that. Historical fiction, my favorite. Yes. I love it. So I think that's maybe the most recent thing I read. But I read a bit every day, actually, some nonfiction, usually something that sort of gets my mindset in the right place. So I've recently been reading The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy, which I've read before. And I'm sort of rereading it, which I I really enjoy. And then I've also been reading this is more for my business, a book by Alex Hermosi called hundred million dollar offers. And it's like an, it's a short ebook, but it's really interesting the way that it's been making me think about the work that I do. And just talking about the value that you are able to sort of provide, provide your clients and the people that you work with. It's actually been very, very, it's really made me think a lot. Yeah, it's been I'll have to check that yeah. out. I love getting. Yeah. I don't. I haven't read any of those books, so I'll have to have to look into those. What about on your music? What is on your Spotify playlist these days? What do you like to listen? I've to? been listening to the new uh, Taylor Swift. Oh um, my gosh, we tried to get tickets, and it was such a disaster. You? Yeah, you couldn't get them. I was. I had codes for Ticketmaster and. God. Oh, I have a capital one card and I sat in the queue, never got in. I mean, very frustrating. Yeah. It was a mess. It was a bummer. So yeah. Between uh, the new Taylor Swift and the new Beyonce. Mm. Oh, I didn't even know Beyonce had a new album. I'm going to have to check that out. Very cool. Love that. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Let's mention where everybody can find you too. So you have find me on Instagram. That's, Mm -hmm. that's where I like to hang out. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to see 
all of my content, then send me a DM. Let me know. I'll add you to my close friends. You know, I put some other stuff on my close friends, on my close friends list. Usually when I'm talking about things more about my life, sometimes I give just additional content there. So yeah. And Crystal has great videos on Instagram, really good advice and just like really wonderful tips and just things to reflect on. If you're dating, just, I I love just scrolling through your Insta and and just picking different things. And I think it's, it's just a treasure trove of ideas and wisdom and conversation about this topic and just so relatable and fun. I mean, I'll just like laugh out loud, you know, I mean, some (laughs) of your statements, like thinking all men are assholes or, you know, just (laughs) that post that we were talking about earlier, where uh, you talk about women juggling fire to win over their man or contorting ourselves into a pretzel. It's like, we laugh and then we're like, Oh God, have I done that? Like, you know, it's just <laughs> so good. I love it. It's great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You've inspired all of us to date better and more consciously. I think it's very important. And, you know, most importantly, believing that it's possible that what we want is available. We don't have to compromise. It's just knowing how we want to feel, what kind of relationship we want to be in, and then learning how to recognize it when it comes, right? You know, being able to see No settling in my world. That's what I always tell the women I work with. High standards, no settling. You get the love that you want for sure. Yes to that. So good. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at see.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.